Welcome to another episode of Lead Me, where we help you take the next steps in leadership. Do leaders think differently? Best-selling author Vanessa Van Edwards breaks down three levels of human connection and how these levels create a different way of thinking in leaders. Pastor Eric and Zach break down these levels and discuss the questions that come with each level. So today we're going to be talking uh, about uh, one of the speakers uh, at this past uh, Global Leadership Summit. Uh, her name is Vanessa Van Edwards. So um, she she is a author, uh, also a really good speaker. And uh, at the Global Leadership Summit, she really talked about questions and how uh, leaders go beyond great leaders go beyond just the initial question of like, how are you doing? Right. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, like, uh, what are you, you know, like, uh, how are you, uh, which that's almost like a default question we ask, you know, yeah. we pass each other in the hallway and say, Hey, how are you? And we don't even really stop to listen to a response. And, uh, the response that we're trying to elicit, you know, can be said in one word, yeah. you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and typical answer or response is good or, you know, fine or, you know, like we were almost shocked if somebody would respond to us, uh-huh. you know, like give a <laughs> give a whole story behind that. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? You know, exactly. And, that, and I liked how, you know, if I hopefully I'm not getting too far ahead, but hopefully, you know, or the idea that she had these different levels of conversations, mm-hmm. right? Level one, level yeah. two, level three. And as you you know, the surface levels at level one where you're just engaging, you know, just that average day conversations with people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, like you're not going any depth, you're not going any deeper. It's just uh-huh. real surface level conversations that you have. And so that that's kind of the whole idea with her talk was how do you dive deeper into that mm-hmm. and get more lasting connections with people right? And, and really get to know the people that you're around or you're working mm-hmm. with and so, yeah. yeah, it's I mean really about communication, and um, the one thing I really um, took away from her message is just the importance of uh, listening. Yeah, <laughs> uh, listening is such a huge uh, a huge part and plays a huge role in uh, communicating. Uh, you know, seek first to listen, and then you know, listen and understand, and then um, you know, then provide any sort of like input. But it, it kind of goes back to you know, I find it so easy when we pass each other, right? Or uh, pass by people like in the hallway or in town, right? And we say, hi, you know, and uh, our intention is really not, as I said, really not to stop and listen. It's more of like a formality. Yeah. And um, that that really stood out to me because uh, it made me question like how, how many times have I done this, you know? Or uh, could those opportunities, those missed opportunities have, been, have led to you know, a greater like relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, better conversation. And, you know, it could have been a conversation that uh, could have been turned towards, uh, uh, you know, uh, faith, right? And uh, to have, uh, you know, those deeper conversations. But yeah, so she uh, talked, uh, she started off her message with this uh, huge, really powerful example uh, of uh, the recent, well, I guess it's been a few years ago, but the Chilean miners. 
that were trapped underground. And she provided the example of the leader that uh, really um, took charge. And, you know, they were trapped down there for, I think it was 69 days. And, uh, you know, when you're deprived of your senses, you know, you're in this uh, 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 this environment of sensory deprivation, it's so easy to lose track of, you know, where you are. But this guy really took charge. And one thing that I thought was really neat is he took time to pray with each of the guys yeah. down there. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sure that gave them a way of uh, being heard, like you said, yeah. and being able to have that time to listen and to mm-hmm. know how to care for each person, you know, getting that feedback, I think is very important mm-hmm. uh, as you work with a team and it's kind of neat to see that in that situation yeah. that you was able to get that feedback through prayer, you know, Yeah, that I'm sure there was that unity that they felt because they felt connected to each other. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's, uh, I mean, there's like a really extreme example, but it really shows how, you know, in that moment, you know, this one guy didn't default to, um, you know, helplessness, right? Yeah. He really, you know, I'm sure he felt helpless inside, right? You know, there's so much rock between him and the surface. But, uh, you know, he, in that moment of reaction, he took the right steps. And that's yeah. one of the things, you know, it's like, um, you know, actions speak louder than words, but reactions speak louder than both. You know, like, yeah. what do you do when uh, that moment of crisis occurs? Like, well, it also made me think of the, the, the movie that's out on Amazon Prime that mm-hmm. uh, with the, the boys that yeah. got stuck in the, uh, where was that out? And, and I believe it was in Indonesia, either yeah. Indonesia or Malaysia. But the coach was, and I, I don't know, you know, it didn't go into the prayer mm-hmm. part, but he was really instrumental of yeah. keeping the spirits up of the players and right. keeping them strong in a you know, dark cave and <laughs> yeah. getting absolutely know, flooded in and. Uh-huh. And how that rescue unfolded was mm-hmm. really neat. So, and it was a kind of interesting that, you know, here we had that conversation with her, but Ron Howard was also on that right. Global Leadership Summit, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. For that movie. But, yeah. Um, so, uh, Vanessa also went uh, into <clears throat> some of the patterns of leaders. And, uh, she mentioned that uh, through her research, she found that uh, there is a 92% uh, or 92% of leaders have this ability to uh, lead effectively. And those leaders were good with emotions, you know, like connecting with people, uh, being, uh, being present, uh, having those uh, conversations so that uh, connect people together. And, um, uh, they excelled at those. They're also good at just the regular stuff, you know, planning, spreadsheets, you know, uh, they can look at dashboards, but uh, the excellent leaders were the ones that were able to do that and also have uh, a good handle on uh, the emotional part of yeah. work. So. Yeah, and I think uh, building, you know, you know, if we want to be a good leader, you know, you, you can have strategies mm-hmm. and, and complete things by doing certain tasks. Mm-hmm. But you have to have people along the journey with you, you know, like, yeah. like you can't just do it on your own. That was one of the things I learned, you know, is, you know, starting in ministry is, you know, I wanted to be the person that had my name, you know, mm-hmm. like attached to that. Like I was doing a good job. I was being successful mm-hmm. in it and not realizing that, 
you know, I can only do so much. Yeah. But if you build, you know, team around you and that that's involving people, that's, you know, talking about being emotionally, emotionally connected, mm-hmm. that understanding the mission, understanding that we're doing this for a purpose, a reason, and that you're allowing people to join you on that mission purpose. Right. That, you know, having that connectivity to people really helps you to fulfill that task, fulfill that mission that you're wanting to go on. And it just makes it more exciting and more fun when you're not just hogging it or, you know what I mean? Like trying to, you know, um, do it yourself. You're sharing the journey. Yeah, exactly. And you're creating opportunities for people really, Mm -hmm. because I think, I think all of us want to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. All of us want to be, uh, you know, and I don't, I, I, I found that it's not always that people feel like they have to be the one that leads it, Mm -hmm. but they just want to be a part of something. Right. You know, like what can I do to contribute to this overall Mm -hmm. mission and this purpose? Right. Um, so, well, know. and I mean, <clears throat> as human beings, you know, we're, we're built for connection, you know, yeah. we're built for relationship, but we can't, you know, we can't go through life alone. I mean, we, yeah. we could, right. Yeah. But it just, uh, you can't go for as far as you could. Yeah. Um, I feel like the meaningful aspect of that, uh, is lost because we were meant to connect with others. Um, yeah, and the it, Bible also kind of talks about that as well. Exactly. Know? I mean, you, you think about even all of creation is mm-hmm. kind of like that. I mean, for a lot of right. like bees, ants, things like that, it's just very interesting how they work together to accomplish that, the purpose or the mission of the, you know, the hive and, mm-hmm. and the, and the choreographing of all that. Um, you know, there's that natural thing in us as human beings, I yeah. think as well, that we, we're very willing to, but what's sad is that there can be fractures of confidence and fractures of, mm-hmm. you know, um, of a pain or hurt mm-hmm. that keeps the, the, you know, maybe the trust isn't mm-hmm. there. Maybe the, you know, the, and that's where I think these conversations come into play that we're getting ready to talk about because, you know, when, when you um, don't have those proper connections with each other, it can cause that rift or it can cause mm-hmm. that separation. So when you can dive deeper and, building those connections right. with each other, it can really help because sometimes people just need some encouragement. Sometimes yeah. people just need to, to be reassured, you know, mm-hmm. and through their pain, through their difficulty. And if you can come across people and, and find out what they need and kind of help mm-hmm. them, but that only comes from having deeper conversations. Right. right? Well, and I mean, uh, to your point as well, I mean, sometimes we kind of go into situations where it's like, ah, oh, gosh, I don't know how I could help, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we we automatically default to, I, I can't possibly fix this, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, like, that person just needs you to just be mm-hmm. right there, you know? You can't take away their pain. God, only God could do that, but... Absolutely. Well, there's a thing we call in ministry, a uh, ministry of presence. Uh-huh. You know, it's you don't have to say the right words all the time. Right. You don't have to fix it, but you're there. Right. You're available. Yeah, and like we're talking about, just being uh, having the ability to listen, mm-hmm. you know, just to 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 listen to somebody by you know the body language, by also listening to what they say and repeating back part of that to summarize what they said, uh-huh. can just really be th- that in itself be a, a healing or a, a growth process right. for that relationship to build on when they feel like the, you know, this person really sees me, mm-hmm. hears me. And understands where right. I'm coming from. Um, yeah, um, I mean, do you think as <clears throat> as humans we really 
we really just want to be heard, right? Yeah, I, I feel like I've read that. And absolutely, heard that. I think that, um, and it's interesting because, like, even right now, me and you are having a dialogue here, mm-hmm. and our connection, you know, sensors are probably going <laughs> off. Like, because when you have conversations, it opens the door for change mm-hmm. and possibilities. Because I'm learning from you, you're learning from me, and we're both gaining knowledge, right. and, and and just having that is is a way of, of, of growth of, of connections that we're developing by mm-hmm. you know having conversations like this yeah. well and uh, it's it's amazing just how far connections can take mm-hmm. people right so I'm going through an audiobook right now it's called the happiest man alive uh-huh. really really cool book uh, it's written by a uh, Holocaust survivor so he was he was a survivor of Auschwitz and he really he said that he would not have been able to make it if it weren't for his friend that was with him the entire time i mean they literally uh had each other's backs uh when one person was sick the other person took care of him uh he said the average um life expectancy uh, at a camp like that was seven months. He said, I would not have been able to make it past a month or two if it weren't for that friend of his. And because of that camaraderie and because of that friendship, you know, they were able to survive, you know, they were able to, you know, he was able to survive, um, uh, you know, the Holocaust. And, you know, that's just such a great example of, you know, uh, in times of despair and times of uh, extreme, um, uh, extreme problems or extreme moments like that, that friendship really has the power to kind of yeah. bring you through. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he talks about the opposite spectrum of that, like that show, I don't know if you've ever seen it live, but mm. uh, where people go off and they separate people and it's kind uh-huh. of like a survivor show in a way, but they actually have them in different parts, but they, they're alone. Oh, no, did I say their own name? I said alive. It's alone. Okay. So the show is called Alone, and they send people out to live alone. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how many people can't live alone. You <laughs> right. know, it's just like that is so foreign not to have those connections. That's one of the biggest things, the hurdles they have to overcome is not being with their family, not, not right. having that connection with people. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the idea that really we've been created to be – I don't think there's ever been anybody on that show that's went past like three months or really? so. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because of that, that hurdle. Yeah. You know, not only is it hard not to eat and, and all these other things, but it's just that companionship mm-hmm. relationship. You know, right. So, so important. Well, I mean, uh, we kind of <clears throat> see that exemplified also, you know, in Genesis, right? Yeah. <laughs> it talks about man shouldn't be alone, yep. right? And so yep. to have that companionship. Yep. But yeah, so uh, kind of like moving forward. So uh, Vanessa talked about, you know, establishing, well, she started off with, the need for establishing meaningful connections. And yeah. so uh, she started going into, you know, what are the three levels? And you've alluded to this earlier on. And uh, those three levels are level one, uh, which is just kind of like general traits. Uh, level two uh, are, is your uh, pers- uh, like your personal concerns. And then three are like, what is your self-narrative? And so I thought that was really interesting. I thought during this talk we could – kind of segue through each one of the levels. Um, So the first one 
And uh, she kind of goes back to this, but uh, she quoted a researcher, uh, Dan McAdams. But according to Dan, each of us has these three levels of connections. And so when we're asking each other questions, um, according to Vanessa, you could rank these questions based off of these different levels. Uh, so a lot of us ask level one questions. You know, yeah. we're just barely touching the surface. And even then, we're not doing a good job of listening to the responses. Um, so Yeah, we'll say, how are you doing, and walk away. Right, yeah. Or <laughs> you ask how you're doing as you're walking away, yeah, right? So yeah. it's like... Both of your opposite yeah. directions are... Yeah, I guess. Like you're that. talking as you're leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so the first one uh, is general traits, right? And some of those questions are, you know, occupation, hometown, family status, what do you do, where you're from, Um so yeah, those. So I mean, I've been I've been guilty think, of that. Yeah, I think we all have, and I think that uh, yeah, I would consider this like just surface, mm-hmm. you know, just surface level. You know, if you thought of level one as a kind of like you know, it's just a basic mm-hmm. information, right? It's just it's like you know, just a, a basic you know, a profile of that person. You know, not really in depth. Mm-hmm. But just that surface level level of information, you know? right? And I think that you know I want to say this though. I mean, you do have to you have to you know, in some ways sometimes start there because to get deeper you have to go you know to know a little bit of information. This is another thing I thought about in ministry is uh, especially in youth ministry. I always tried to know the person's name. Mm. You know, I wanted to know the person's name, and then I wanted to know some details about that person, like. Uh-huh. For, for a teen, uh, you know, it'd be like, okay, what are some things that they enjoy? Mm-hmm. What are some things they like? Do they like a particular sport? Do they like a particular, you know, football team or basketball team? Mm-hmm. Um, do they like uh, certain movies mm-hmm. or certain genres of movies? Right. Um, you know, I know that that can lead down the road to get to the other level, but at least know that starting off, you know, so that I could have a trigger point, so I could have a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. to know, okay, so they like this particular team, I can talk to them about that. So that if I wanted to go deeper, if I, you know, ultimately I did, <laughs> but at least that would be my starting point, you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, as we as we approach that, because uh, yeah, I would even say, I'd almost say there's a level zero, if that's okay <laughs> for me to do. Sure. Because I think there's sometimes where we engage with people that we have no interest at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's sad, but like how many of us actually, when we go out to places, waiter, mm-hmm. person that's across from us and, you know, the that's checking us out at a gas station, do we really take the time to really even see those people? Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we just want to get on with our life and, you know, doing what we do. And I, I think that's especially as a person of faith, you know, that that's so sad because – what if that's an opportunity for us to get to know somebody mm-hmm. better, you know, and even in those settings where we're maybe the little limited mm-hmm. basis, but we're not even willing to go there, right? We don't right. even, you know, we're not even really concerned about how you're doing. Right, or, you absolutely. Know, you know, asking even those questions. So yeah. for me, I, I think there are times for people, some of us, we just have those zero level of people that we're around and, and hopefully we'd want to go deeper with those relationships mm-hmm. too. Well, and I mean... Um, you could really tell a huge difference uh, when you've experienced, you know, when you're on the receiving end of someone who, you know, is taking the time, is considerate, right? 
<clears throat> you know, I've had several uh, situations where, you know, I'm just out in public, right? And complete stranger, you know, s- uh, starts up a conversation. And yeah. uh, just that moment of just intentionality really, I mean, I'm not sure about you, but yeah. it really makes my day, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just to see somebody that's willing to engage and because, you know, it's a rarity you know, a is. lot of times anymore, you know. I, I think that, you know, not to complain about because, you know, I also benefit from technology and I like technology. But, you know, I think it's easier to stay separate as a society mm-hmm. when we have our phones in front of us, right? right. So well, having those yeah. conversations are is, is really nice. Well, that's a, uh, that's a good point, too. I mean... Um, one time, right, I forgot my phone uh, at the house, just completely drove off without it. And um, I, had, I think it was like a doctor, doctor's visit or something like that. And yeah, I was in the waiting room, and literally my thought was, what do I do? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. have anything to separate myself from people yeah. here. So yeah. like, do I look for a book? You know, <laughs> what, what do I say? You know, yeah. and you can just kind of feel that awkwardness. And Sometimes I feel like phones, we use phones as a way of signaling our separation. Like, I'm not interested, you know, I want to take myself out of this moment. And um, we're really kind of taking ourselves from opportunities to affect um, uh, affect the environment that we're in at that moment. Yeah. Well, I actually just got hit with a message series that would be cool is Facebook. <laughs> you know, like like yeah. we're talking about, like actually face uh-huh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, like actually see people. You know, and actually, um, anyhow, I don't know if that will be something maybe down the road. That's what yeah. the metaverse is for. <laughs> 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 Digital face to face conversations. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was so uh, w- one of the things too. Kind of going back to what Vanessa was uh, talking about, but a lot of our level ones and uh, two. Uh, I think you're talking to like level zero right yeah. a lot of times we're an autopilot yeah now we just you we want to go from point a to point b and yep. we we have our blinders on and you know we're just focused on the end point and anything that kind of comes across our way or things that we have to do it's more of like an inconvenience yep. more than anything else so uh, when we stop and actually talk to people uh that may not be according to our plan right it kind of shows that you know they're not an inconvenience. Like, um, I may have a plan, may have a schedule, but ultimately, you know, they're more important than that. So. Well, it makes me think of, uh, you know, when, uh, um, shoot, I'm going to say, I forget his name all of a sudden, but um, great leader. Uh, he's done a lot of books and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, Max Lucado. Okay. No, no, not Max Lucado. Is it? I'm thinking Max Lucado. It's not Max Lucado. What is it? Maxwell. Yeah, John Maxwell. John, John Maxwell. Maxwell. Thank you. Sorry. So John Maxwell, you know, he said this. Uh, he had an employee one time that just, like, kind of just came in the office, ran past everybody, uh-huh. uh, didn't engage with anybody, didn't, you know, have mm-hmm. any conversations with anybody, just kind of like on autopilot. And uh, uh, John just came into his office, sat down, and across from his desk. And, you know, he was just kind of not even realizing that John mm-hmm. was there, I think, in the office, but uh, just so 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 preoccupied. And he says uh, – you know, how you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just really busy, really busy today. <laughs> and he was like, well, uh, you just passed all your work. <laughs> <laughs> so basically saying that, you know, the, your work was engaging with the people you just walked past. And sometimes I think that's true. We can get so 
and I know, I know there are times and I feel that pressure now, you know, like, um, you know, in, in this new transition that I'm feeling, because I, I feel like there are certain things I need to be thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. And yet sometimes, you know, my time right now is being, um, you know, that, that there's times where I need to allow other people to, to just, okay, there's things I need to be focused on, but at the same time, I can't pull myself mm-hmm. away from people. I, I, people need access to right. me, you know what I mean? Like to, to have conversations, to, to engage. So there's times where you do need to, to be able to focus, but you can't, you know, well, this will always be the thing for me. I feel like my door always needs to be open. Uh-huh. You know, like there's very rare times, unless I'm counseling with somebody, that my door should be shut. You know, that right. I want to be available because I want to have those connections with people. Gotcha. No, I mean, that's uh, that's really important because it really sets you up. It shows people that you're open, right? Because if you close your doors, if, um, you know, both physically and um uh, and metaphorically speaking, you know, people latch on to that and they say, yeah. Oh, like, why should I even approach that person? Because it always seems like there's always something else uh, that needs to be done. Uh, that's taking priority over a relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Vanessa talked about, uh, different questions. So questions at level one. So some of the questions that she recommended is at this level, um, is asking instead of like, how are you? Right. Maybe as you said, start with, how are you? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, actually be intentional and listen, but you could follow up with some of these questions. Like what was the highlight of your day? It kind yeah. of puts in a really positive spin. Uh, what personal passion project are you working on? Really cool way to just learn more about the person. So right? just asking, what do you do for a living? Right, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or uh, is anything exciting coming up this weekend? You, you really get to an idea of what that person likes to spend, um, you know, likes to spend their time on outside of work. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is just uh, anything exciting coming up in your life, right? Are there any milestones that you're excited about? Um, anything that you're looking forward to? Um, other one is just like hobbies. So you kind of talked about this, like knowing the person's name and, yeah. um, you know, some of their hobbies or things, you know, passion projects that they like. Um, but yeah, I, and kind of following up on that, uh, you talked about remembering names. So do you have a... Um, a method that you use to remember names. I know I'm, I'm bad with names. Like I'll introduce myself to someone and, um, you know, they say, Hey, I'm so-and-so and I get so caught up in the moment. And afterwards, you know, I'm always thinking, gosh, what was that person's name? Well, I'd like to say I, I used to be, I, I mean, I think I used to be better than I am now because, and there, and it is a challenge because, you know, I think I probably know more people. <laughs> so it makes it harder. But I'd like to think that, I guess. But, uh, you know, one of the things I, I try to do is always use their name when I'm talking to mm-hmm. them as a way, you know, like if I'm meeting somebody for the first time, uh-huh. I'll try to repeat that name. So I'm saying it out loud verbally. Right. Um, and that way it helps me to say, oh, well, oh, John, how are you doing? Uh-huh. Or, you know, or John, you know, what about this? Or, you know, so I, I, I try to, you know, instead of saying you, mm-hmm. just try to practice saying their name, and that just right. kind of helps me build that connection. Um, yeah, and then, of course, yeah, you know, I think it, it's always good to put it in a, at a data, mm-hmm. you know, b- base, whether you're writing it down or putting it in your computer to just, just to have it there. Um, in the past, and maybe that's why I need to think about how I can do that in the future in the ministry, but 
we'd always have some data collection that we'd have mm-hmm. write a paper and I'd look at that yeah. paper and we we did it in a kind of a fun way to do some crazy things for them to answer and it was always neat to see their answers to those questions mm-hmm. yeah so it always made me uh connect to the funny thing with their name uh-huh. again building that connection and building those uh the mental connections in my mind to say, okay, you wrote that. And I remember you <laughs> writing that down. Cause, cause one of the things that we kind of did was funny was like how you came here. Was it a boat? Was it a car? Mm-hmm. Was it a, a plane? Yeah. So, so oh, even those really type cool. things would be kind of fun to, Oh, you put down plane or yeah. you wrote in an answer. Uh-huh. So that was kind of different, you know, so to look back at that. So I don't know how I could even incorporate that now, but that would be kind of fun because that would be a way for me to re- help remember some people building. Right. Because I think that's the key. Yeah, that's that's like what we we're even talking about here. I can have a you know some good relationships with people um, you know in my past, mm-hmm. and what stood out with those? Well, it was just the connection points. It was mm-hmm. the memories that I had with mm-hmm. building it in my mind, whether it was activities right. or just or you know. You know, like if a, if a person's a particular fan of a team that I mm-hmm. enjoy or or hobbies like we're talking about, like if there was a video game hobby, that maybe that was a, something that connected me with uh-huh. that person more than another person. So, you know, the, I think there's a building those connection points kind of help us mm-hmm. to remember those conversations. Yeah. And uh, I like uh, what you talked about, like repeating, uh, repeating a person's name. Uh, it reminds me of... Something I read, but it talked about kind of like the rule of threes. So uh, when someone introduces uh, themselves to you, right, uh, you start off with repeating their name back to them. So like, hi, my name is John. Hi, John. Nice to meet you, right? And then during the course of your conversation, try to weave their name in again somewhere in the middle. Like, hey, like, so what do you think about this, John, right? And then as you leave, you say, hey, it was nice meeting you, John. So it's like three three points to kind of just yeah. spotlight that in your memory. And yeah. uh, I found that helpful when I think about using it, when I thought about using it, uh, a lot of times. It's like any of these things we learn in leadership. It's like if you if you can get the application exactly. going, then it becomes easier, right? And that's the hard part, just applying it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, when you apply it, it works well. <laughs> then um, otherwise, you know, it's always after the, mo- after the moment, right? Yeah. Uh, Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, but I, you know, and then I think there's there's little things that you pick up along the way, and you can kind of see the benefit, like you're saying, you know, just, you know, I think I think the aspect too with with all of this is the question: Do you want to learn? Do you want to mm-hmm. learn about somebody? Do you want to know about somebody? And I think that when you come from that place that you do want to learn, you do want to know that mindset. Mm-hmm. Helps helps this process so much more. Right, and it helps the process so much more to go, go deeper. Right, when you want to learn, when you are excited about learning about somebody, you know, one of the things that we've done recently here at the church is just sit down with people and hear the testimony. And it's just exciting just to hear what's happening. That, that everybody has a story, and if you realize that uh, there's there's opportunities for you to learn about mm-hmm. something different, and it's when you get engaged in those conversations, it can be very exciting right? and very stimulating to think, you know, to process what you're hearing and, and how that can impact you in, uh, in a new way. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's a, that's a really cool concept because 
you know, at some level, I mean, human beings are story. Uh, I mean, we feed on stories, yeah. right? We're story machines. Uh, oh, yeah. we either... Think about books, think yeah. about comic books, think mm-hmm. about movies, think about television shows. Uh-huh. Yeah, stories is a big part of, of yeah. you know, what what engages our minds. And, mm-hmm. and we like to hear those stories. We like to engage, and you know, whether they're true stories or whether they're fictional stories, we like to, you know, be able to process those stories mm-hmm. and, and, and think on those stories uh, right. and it engages us, right? Right. And I mean, that's the perfect segue uh, to the second level. And so uh, just uh, to reiterate, the uh, level two is kind of classified as personal concerns. Yeah. And we were talking about stories, right? Um, or story machines, uh, you know, will concoct a story, right? Whether it's the right story or the wrong story, but we create a story of some sort. Uh, so one of the questions that Vanessa kind of talked about here uh, at the level two is this idea of approaching people uh, once you've kind of gone through level one and just asking them, you know, what is your story? And it's such a such a powerful question. And she mentioned that she kind of uses it as a probing question because uh, what's your story uh, the question of what's your story can be used as a way to really identify if someone is uh, outgoing versus uh, maybe perhaps like a introvert. So introvert versus extrovert, because typically um, she mentioned if you ask uh, what's your story to an introvert, you know, they're, you know, like squirming, like, I don't really want to talk about myself. You know, that's not something I really want to do. Uh, and so you could kind of kind of gauge that. Whereas, uh, an extrovert uh, kind of reacts well. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm glad you asked. You know, here's <laughs> here's my story. Like I'll tell yeah. you about where I traveled. You know what I what I did. Sometimes I'll share more information that you asked for. But it's like a really good way to gauge um, uh, gauge like how I want to move forward. Like uh, what's my strategy to this conversation? Um, how can I connect? Uh, because you know connection with an extrovert uh, and connection with an introvert can look like two different things. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think it, you know, just to encourage people to go deeper, it, it does make that stronger bond. You know, if you can go and hear uh, someone's personal concerns mm-hmm. and what's going on in their life yeah. and what's happening, and, um, it, it just allows the listener and the speaker, whoever that is to be able to, to, understand each other and, uh-huh. and, and grow, you know, um, it is difficult though, like you mentioned about this, you know, introverts to really allow them to feel comfortable. Uh-huh. And I think that's, you know, you know, make them feel at ease and it may mm-hmm. be taking, uh, it may take a longer process to get there, but it's worth it, you know, right. in the end, because they can have a lot to offer that they don't normally share because they're maybe more thinkers or right. more, you know, introspective, uh, so they can have a lot of knowledge to pass on because they've already thought through some of those things privately, mm-hmm. just never really had the chance or really taken the, the uh, opportunity to sh- divulge those to mm-hmm. someone. Right. Well, and uh, one thing that um, Vanessa mentioned as well that um, I thought I felt like was a game changer is this idea of looking at it as a gift. So gifting people with the right questions. And uh, this idea that you have to practice these. You have to be intentional about it. You know, there's 
a certain level of intentionality that needs to uh, occur. Uh, you have to leverage yourself to a ask those questions. You know, uh, granted, the first few times you do it might be a little awkward because it is a skill that you have to um, uh, you have to develop. But even prior to that, to take off some of the awkwardness or the different uh, feeling uh, of asking different questions is to practice that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's, that's so important. Uh, I know I went through like a coaching session and um, my coach talked about the importance of practicing. You know, if you have difficult conversations that you want to have, take the time to practice what you want to say prior to because that allows for better conversation, allows for fluidity, and um, you give yourself and the other person the gift of a good conversation, you know, and you actually get someplace. You know, it's the difference between being well prepared for a presentation versus, um, you know, just kind of winging it. You know, some people can, you know, that's, yeah. that's a skill and talent, uh, but you come away with much more depth and much more content when you're prepared. Well, and I think that preparedness and practice helps ease the, mm. if you're feeling nervous or anxious, I think a lot of times that can kind of make you feel, uh, yeah, I think that's sometimes for me, if I'm having a, you know, if I feel more anxious about it or more, um, you know, stressed about that maybe thing, then, then it helps me to feel more relief if uh -huh. I practice and, Got to get prepared. My what are my thoughts? What are right. what are the things I need to put down? Because sometimes your emotions can take you mm -hmm. all kinds of different places and not really be helpful. So if you can kind of <laughs> you know share those things ahead of time, maybe you can you know these are the priorities. These are these are not priorities I need to focus on at this point in time. Right. You know, absolutely. Yeah. What's the bigger issue that I need to deal with at this point? Right. Well, I mean. Like so many times, like everything is, um, and I, she calls it the swan effect, right? And it's this idea that we try to maintain this posture, this this look, right? Of you know everything's going well. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing happening, but uh, below the surface of the water, right? So above the surface, you know, you look elegant. You got everything under control, but then under underwater right you're paddling vigorously trying to get from one place to another yeah and it just kind of shows i mean especially like in spiritual uh, uh spiritual terms as well the turmoil that's within us right um trying to connect with that turmoil or seeing what uh, you kind of talked about you know the gas station attendant or uh, people that we interact with you know they have their problems as well and uh, as christians we're called to really minister and shine the uh, shine the light of Christ, and if we don't take time to um, take time to connect, we we can't connect on that. We can't deliver our message. Well, and I think you know, I I, I think sometimes we misunderstand what what a leader really is, mm -hmm. uh, what a good leader is. Uh, I think we misunderstand it all the time, actually. But one of the misunderstandings I had was that a, a leader is strong and. Mm -hmm is you know knows all the answers mm -hmm. and i think that is that is a fallacy you yeah. know that to me a good leader is vulnerable you know you, you think about jesus you know and how vulnerable he was that he was he was you know out there he was not pretending he mm -hmm. was not 
you know, when he cried, he cried. When he, uh, you know, got upset, he got upset. When he, um, you know, was was struggling, he, mm-hmm. he struggled. I mean, that you think about that. That's pretty interesting. That here, here, God, and fully man in Jesus, that he was displaying all these wide emotions. Um, you know, that that he didn't hold back. And I think that for us to be good leaders, and I, I think I'm learning this as I even continue, is that. I have to be vulnerable. I have to mm-hmm. be open to my weaknesses and my strengths, and and not not shy away from those. But but to understand, you know, because I'm weak doesn't mean I'm not strong. You know, mm-hmm. like God is able to right. ever con- compensate for that. And there's other people too that can help me. You know, like I'll, I'm a terrible speller. You know, I'm, I'm terrible at that, and I know that I'm not very good at that. So. You know, I can beat myself up about that, and I, you know, not that, not this excuse not to try harder in that area. But I think when we talk about these levels of communication, you know, when you're building these deeper relationships, you know, you you have to be willing to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. say, okay, here's some weakness areas that I have. You know, that's part of my story. Right. You know. So. Well, yeah, that's uh, that was like a huge takeaway because <clears throat> it's this idea. Sometimes we kind of like focus on weaknesses and we try to shore them up. Yeah. And uh, well. While there's some merit to that, we kind of lose focus of the idea of teamwork yeah. because a proper team, uh, you know, like a well-oiled team is supposed to kind of those overlaps occur uh, yeah. to take care of those like weak points, uh, weak points. And taking a look at your weak points, you lose focus of the strengths, right? Absolutely, the strengths of that that you could offer. Yeah, if I focus on my weakness, yeah, I can beat myself up and try to maybe make that weakness a uh, marginal. Mm-hmm. Marginal good thing, yeah. But if I take my strength and pour myself into that and make that even stronger, uh huh. You know, because you know, is there not people around me that could fill that weakness in uh-huh. that could be a strength for them, and then that complements our whole team, right? You know, so again, like you said, I, I don't think that's an excuse not to work on your weaknesses, but I do think there is merit to if you're vulnerable enough to allow people to come on side and into your team and into your network. Of people that you have in your system, uh, that that can really be a strength in itself to allow them to know your weaknesses, mm-hmm. so that you can complement each other, right. so that you can fill out the team. And I think that's that's an important thought too. Is like, you know, who can you add to your team uh, that will help you succeed? And if you're not willing to have these uh, deeper relationships with people, you're not fill, filling. Um, that team to really have success, right. you know, you're, you're missing some components. Mm-hmm. And what are those components? And you, you can't identify them unless you're vulnerable enough to right. to say what's really there and what you really need, yeah. you know. Absolutely. So uh, so some of the questions that, uh, some of the sample questions that she had for level two uh, includes, you know, what's your biggest goal right now? Yeah. Uh, just asking that. Uh, are you learning anything right now? Um, I like that question. Yeah, I like that question a lot because that that's always to me. You know, when when you find people that are passionate too mm-hmm. about something, it's it's always kind of neat because you 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 just know right. you hit the, you struck a nerve and they're excited to tell you <laughs> about about that thing because uh-huh. they're they're excited that they're learning this thing. Right. And, you know, um, just like you. I mean, when when you know when somebody approaches you about learning about leadership or they're uh-huh. hearing about this new book about leadership, 
I'm sure your radar uh, is right. Off, like, Absolutely. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Let me, let me hear on this. And that, that goes the same for all of us, yeah. right? Right. So yeah, that's what I like too. Uh, what book, TV, or movie character is most like you? Yeah. It's just a really good identifying yeah. question, you know, especially mm-hmm. with, you know, how much Marvel movies are, uh, how pervasive they are yeah. in, in today's culture. Just seeing like which which superhero do you really identify with? Yeah. It's a really good way to um, kind of see like what each person thinks of their traits or their character yeah. traits. But um, for, for me, it's Captain America. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, weighing uh, the other question is, what's weighing on your heart or mind? And yeah. can I okay. help you with anything? So that's yeah, it's a huge one. Uh, now the one thing. And I believe, I'm not sure if it was her or another speaker that uh, talked about this. I think it might have been Acuff. But uh, he said, you have to be really careful about asking, how can I help you? Yeah. Because if you ask, how can I help you, but you don't help them, then that's... It's almost uh, like a break in trust. It does. Because, you know, you said you're willing to help me, but you didn't follow through on it. Exactly. So, yeah, we uh, switch to a level three, which is the self-narrative level. And she really talks about the level three is uh, the story that we we tell ourselves, about ourselves, right? So it's uh, who is kind of going back to the story machine of um, what's the story that we have of ourselves. And she really breaks it into three different things. You have your hero your healer, and then a victim. And, like, all that kind of made sense. It's so amazing how these simple concepts uh, really shines light on, um, you know, myself and people just around me. It's like identifying, oh, gosh, you know, like, are they more of, like, do they have, like, a hero story or more of, like, a healer's story or a victim's uh, mentality type story? Yeah. So she kind of defines hero as uh, a hero, thinks of them thinks of them as obstacles. So as she kind of talks about like when issues are encountered, uh, heroes think of them as obstacles or mistakes that with hard work they could overcome. Um, healers, they dedicate themselves to life of service and they're compassionate. Usually they're nurses or doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the victims, uh, they when they face obstacles, they uh, see it as um, oh, here's a challenge, but I can't overcome it. They don't think they could overcome it, and they struggle to really kind of get through each one of those processes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like I really see a lot of those uh, archetypes and uh, people I've known, people I know, and it's just amazing how uh, how that all kind of clicks together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is very interesting because uh, I think that we all kind of, yeah, I can see that very much in, in how people kind of perceive themselves. And I think we've all encountered people in our different environments kind of see that coming out, whether they see themselves as the hero overcoming the obstacles or seeing that as a something to strive for to, to get over mm-hmm. or if it's the healer trying to, you know, just kind of show compassion and care. And, and uh, you know, the victim, I you know, there's there's quite a few people that I see that, Unfortunately, they just see like their life is constantly that victim mentality. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting how you have that perception of yourself. You know, like bad things are going to happen to you, or uh-huh. that you're here to uh, help others, or you're, you're here to overcome. Right. You know, I guess with the different breakdowns there. Well, and um, 
Uh, I was actually reading Zeke, so Zeke really into storybooks, and uh, I was reading him this book, and it was phenomenal. Maybe a little uh, beyond his age category, but it's called uh, "What Do I Do with a Problem?" Right, and I thought it was so powerful. Just uh, I, I thought it was a neat idea that someone made a storybook uh, yeah. out of that, and uh, the main uh, main lesson that it really uh, tried to bring forth is that uh, to every problem there's an opportunity. So what do you do with a problem? You look for the opportunities that it presents. Yeah. And um, if you just kind of take problems at face value without really seeing the opportunities uh, on the back end, I mean, I could see myself falling to that victim, uh, that victim type mentality where I can't overcome this, you know? Yeah. So what's the use of even trying? Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, that's that deeper level of, of knowing that person, right? And level mm-hmm. three to where you see, you're able to see that you're able to know that. And it, it just helps you to kind of be that identifier for how you can help that person grow, how uh-huh. you can, um, you know, how that person can, can work in, in, in that relationship that you're building with them. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and some of those questions, um, level three questions are, uh, how do you feel most misunderstood? really kind of digs into, I mean, that's a, that's a really tough question to answer, you know? I mean, I feel like I, I would feel awkward uh, yeah. uh, answering that question. But, you know, that requires a good relationship, you know? Um, and it develops a good relationship by asking those questions because it really highlights a weakness that you feel like you have. And a lot of times we like to bury that weakness down, right? Like yeah. cover it. Uh, but by sharing it... Um, you uh, you create a stronger relationship through that. Yeah. Well, speaking to it, I mean, just kind of giving a, a little example here, I guess I'd, I'd probably say I see myself as the hero. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that the, the you know, the thing that probably that uh, I don't like people, but I mean, I don't like people sharing about me or talking or the, what was the question again? How it was worded? That you mentioned. Uh, how do you feel uh, most uh, misunderstood? Yeah, yeah. so that's I, that's what I should have said. So how do I feel misunderstood? You know, probably sometimes I can be a risk taker. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm more uh, you know willing to take a risk. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to to do things that maybe make people feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like because I'm willing to to look on that obstacle and overcome yeah. that obstacle. I want to. I want to push, you know, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to go farther. I want to stretch, right. you know, so that those are probably the miss, you know, when those are considered uh, negatives, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably where I'm most misunderstood. I'd right. Say. For you, where, where do you see yourself? Maybe. Oh man. Let's have that. You're not ready <laughs> well, to well, answer well, that. <laughs> we'll have that tough conversation. But, um, misunderstood. Um, a lot of times I, I like to learn. So, yeah. Um, I really like to get into like the why and um, I really kind of want to do my best. But at uh, the same token, I feel like it could be more of like in school, like teacher's pet, right? Or, um, you know, a little bit of a Did, So you felt all. like yeah. that, that yeah, it was absolutely. misunderstood, like yeah. you were the teacher's pet? Right. So, yeah. But I mean. Because just, you wanted to learn. You had that appetite right, to learn. Right, exactly. Yes. But, but you were misunderstood. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, my... Uh, my uh, whole intention was just, I, I want to learn. I mean, even now, looking at, you know, I love, like, seeing, like, 
already problems. I've caught myself a lot of times where it's just the default of, oh, gosh, another one of these, right? But then realizing there's an opportunity. So what's that opportunity? And what are some of the skills? Like, how can, what can I learn from this? And um, a lot of times it can be kind of misconstrued, uh, misconstrued as uh, wanting to show people up, I guess. I think that's the way you say it. Or it's not even really that. It's just... Yeah, I want to learn. Uh, I want to be the best that I can be to help pe- help be a better service to yeah. people. So. so, so going with that, it's like whatever that drive that you have within you sometimes can be misunderstood by people, and it's not really sometimes a, a attention mm-hmm. on our part, but it's just how people view us, right. unfortunately, uh, without really getting to know mm-hmm. us. You know what I mean? So that, right. that that question right there is how <laughs> able to help us get deeper into that psyche right you know of understanding that person and how that could be you know uh-huh. i mean i think one of the greatest movies that kind of showed us that glimpse of of like having these deeper conversations is probably like the Bref- breakfast club right mm. you know that movie you know taking the stigmas of all those uh-huh. uh you know different you know they have the jock you have the one that's you know this person or the nerd uh-huh. or right and then seeing the breakdown of how they they saw themselves mm-hmm. or how they that's kind of where we're going here, that mm-hmm. self-narrative of really who they are. Right. You're getting that deeper glimpse, not uh-huh. just the surface stuff. You know? Exactly. And, I mean, uh, I mean, that's the thing. We had this conversation um, a few days ago, but just drawing, like, why do people not want to, you know, they start drawing and they give up, right, or whatever skill it may be, you know. It could be. Like golf, right? Golf's super annoying. Um, <laughs> so you go out, uh, you're like, I have this vision of uh, birdieing or making eagles, and you go out, and you know uh, your golf ball doesn't go, you know, but 20 feet, right? So we have this idea of what the end result should look like, and we uh, uh, we fail to account for the little steps that kind of take us there. Yeah. But at the same token, it's as you see yourself progressing through the skill levels, uh, you start realizing that even these people that you put on a pedestal, right? These super athletes or uh, artists, right? Mm -hmm. Artists that could draw pictures. They still hone in on their weakness, right? Where they, like uh, if uh, you're an accomplished artist, I drew that little piece of hair wrong. It just bugs me, right? So, I mean, no matter what level you're at, there's always going to be something that you always, there's always going to be something that's off. Yeah. Yeah. In that conversation too, we talked about, you know, like, like you're saying it, the, the picture you may have in your mind is not always what you'll see in reality, but the vision may have got you to, stir yourself up to get there Mm -hmm. uh but don't let don't let uh failure stop you i mean i think i love Mm -hmm. the uh, thomas edison thing too Mm -hmm. right like it took him a you know a hundred times to make a light bulb he didn't think of it as a failure he was like well that's just not the way you make a light bulb right so i'm gonna go and find the way to make (laughs) a light bulb you know like what a what a positive outlook right (laughs) You you know that's not the typical way we look but anyhow going back to this whole idea of of uh you know just diving into those deeper relationships, having those deeper conversations to really see how we see ourselves and mm-hmm. how we fit within each other to help each other, to encourage mm-hmm. each other, to 
to spur each other on. Yeah. You know? And that's really interesting that we talk about uh, failure because Vanessa also kind of mentioned that. Uh, she mentioned that behind every success that she has had, yeah. um, you know, there was a failure or a string yeah. of failures. And she found out that the more she talks about the dark, the lighter it felt, you know, it's this idea of like really uh, sharing to lighten your burden because the more, the more you kind of keep that just like crammed in or in your bag, um, the heavier it gets. And I think that's also, um, you know, just kind of think about the great thing also about, you know, relationship with Christ, right? Because you admit those, you know, shortcomings, those, yeah. uh, those failures or, uh, your sins, right. And that lightens the load and that just kind of clicked well, right now. Well, so. well, you're right. I mean, it, you know, just like, it's, it's not any different than, you know, talking about these levels and these question levels. Mm-hmm. Um, God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. Yeah. He wants to, to know us. He wants, he wants, even though he knows us, he wants to know us in an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. He wants us to know him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why we, we have Jesus that came in the flesh so that we could see that glimpse mm-hmm. of who God is. And so, you know, that openness of vulnerability, of just sharing our thoughts, our dreams, our hopes, and and what's, how we see ourselves mm-hmm. is very important when it comes to our relationship with Christ right. as well because, you know, he, he should be considered our best friend or our father, you know, that that close connection, mm-hmm. you know, that we should have. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, to, I guess to wrap things up, yeah. um, really the big takeaways that I had was really what questions are you asking yeah. of others? And I think also we didn't really kind of uh, touch on this, but um, by default, what questions are you asking of yourself as well? Because we ask ourselves the questions, uh, whether subconsciously or, you know, maybe we just ask ourselves the wrong questions uh, we ask people the wrong questions. Uh, we could be more intentional and have more depth with those questions, and that lead to better relationships. And Maybe a better connection rule could be just you know keeping in mind what what is a better question to ask. You know? Yeah, right. Instead of your typical you know questions that we we go to, what, mm-hmm. what could be a deeper question or you know a more thought provoking question? Right, and it takes intention to connect. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you, yeah. you, before you walk out that door, have the intentionality to say. You know, I'm going to make a commitment to connect with one person. Yeah, no, I think, I think too, like some people can be, maybe, maybe we'll find people that can be put off by that. But I think that's timing mm-hmm. to, you know, there's been times where I've had teens that didn't respond very well to, to me wanting to know more about them. Right. Um, but I think that that doesn't mean you should stop. I think that maybe that timing wasn't right. It doesn't mean you should put too much pressure on that, but just, just, you know, allow that to develop over time. I mean, there's definitely been teams that I've had in the past that, you know, probably weren't too close to me back in the day, mm-hmm. but I think that they have a respect for me now. So I think that that's very true too. You know, don't be discouraged if you're trying yeah. and, and not seeing that connection pay off right away. I yeah. think that that can, you can plant seeds there and, and that can be respected later on because they see consistency out of you and your intentionality with mm-hmm. that, you know. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you again. Hey, thank you. And uh, you want to wrap us uh, wrap the session up? And yeah, yeah. I think that taking away from this is the challenge of just living this out in your daily life, asking the right questions, and 
thank you for allowing us to have this conversation and diving deeper in this discussion. Hey, absolutely. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we hope that this has helped you to take the next step in your leadership. Be sure to join us next time on Lead Me. Take care.